0: The question behind this series is such a simple one. And it it's the one that I always feel I want to, to ask people who've lived a life, really. It's like it feels like we should get together all the people that have really explored this. And before we go, we should each share so what do you think it was? Or yeah. what do you think it is? And you've obviously done that. I have your book here, which somebody connected. I can't even remember. Who connected us? Somebody did. Said, oh, you should read this book. And I got hold of it, LSD in the Mind of the Universe. I'll just show that, which is what I've been reading. Um, and you've made this incredible journey ex- exploring the psyche through a lot of LSD. Um, uh, but unlike me, who kind of has done that a bit as well, you kept notes. <laughs> which <is> <laughs> <laughs> i mean i Academic have notes the <laughs> but they're, they're kind of crazy scrawlings that you look at in the morning and go what um but you've got notes so so where do you want, let's let's just jump in you know it, it, what is life what, do you, what where have you arrived at in the simplest sense where have you arrived at from all of oh, that?
1: goodness gracious boy you are jumping into the deep end of the pool fast aren't you <sighs> I don't know that i can answer that question not in any absolute you know end of the road kind of sense but only perhaps have some observations on an um, along the journey kind of sense and, and i say that seriously because as deep as i was given the opportunity to explore the deep structure of reality and to experience layers and layers of spiritual reality from which it it changed my understanding of physical reality and the relationship between the insemination and manifestation, and the emergent quality of physical reality within the context of the mother universe, the spiritual universe, as deep as I was able to go in all these years of, of work, psychedelic work, I got to a point where I was shown the true infinity of the dimensions of spiritual reality, because I was at the, after 50 high-dose sessions, I was as far as I could possibly be. And then I was shown a reality far, far, far in the distance and was hit by a light from that reality that just shattered me and I learned at that point that I had to let go completely of the idea of ever getting to the end of this journey and therefore I had to let go of the idea of having a total, total grasp of what the entire project of existence and, and creation was about. Uh, So I I respond to your question in that context. Uh, Like you, uh, I appreciate deeply the evolutionary quality, the the fact of evolution, the emergent dimension of evolution. I appreciate... um, uh, One second. I'm realizing I have a a heating system coming on that's going to make a a noise problem. Let me stop for just one second. Sure, All right. That will noise will stop in a second. No problem.
0: So you were, um, you were sharing about how uh, yes. that, that expansiveness, and I completely get that. I mean, it's, like, yeah. it's a crazy question. We're never going to answer it. But yeah. the journey you've made, even if it's like the process that we're in, yeah. have you arrived at a, dis- a way of understanding for, your, for yourself the nature or something of the nature of this process that we're that we call being alive. Yeah
1: well I see first of all reincarnation is a critical point part of my worldview so I see evolution has nature has found a way not only to evolve whole species and planetary systems but it has found a way to evolve uh, intelligent individual consciousness once it reaches a certain point of the journey so <clears throat> as individuality emerges, uh, reincarnation emerges through processes we don't begin to understand yet, but that um, part of evolution, part of this dynamic, creative, expanding, growing process, involves an, un- an open-ended amount of time. We have an infinite amount of time within which to develop the experience of being human. Uh, and that means that we are constantly cycling back and forth between matter Spirit, matter, and spirit, matter, and spirit, and I think we're drawing more and more of the um, unbounded creativity of spiritual reality into the I- innate emergent forms of human existence, of human expression, so that we are learning and deepening and deepening, deepening. And I think we're 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 just at the very early stages. I mean, we just became conscious about 5,000 years ago of the underlying connective tissue of consciousness. We just are beginning to sort of understand that that is our deeper identity. Life itself is our deeper identity. Nature, you know, the divine impulse is our deeper identity. So what's going to happen over the next 10,000 years, over the next 100,000 years, a million years, a billion years? So, you know, we're just beginning to sort of get past some of the early Barbarian qualities of our lower evolutionary history, and to break into a clearer space where we can begin to create out of conscious intention, to create truly in a with a power of intention that will allow us to manifest inside time and space truly heaven on earth to manifest heaven on earth with a with a a perfectly Pure and healed and cleaned body, and a, a healed and, and pure heart, and, uh, and an augmented intelligence with the capacity to download um, uh, to download awareness, to download insights from the creative intelligence of the universe with fewer filters.
0: I uh, I um, I really resonate with the idea especially the one you started off with all of it actually different probably in a different way though but i really resonate with the idea at the start about the idea of reincarnation which is increasingly a very unpopular idea i i feel it's like there's quite a lot of resistance to to maybe it's an english thing because we're so secular but the the i i I resonate that with a lot it looks to me like the process of evolution that started with uh what's been going the whole of the biological process which has evolved species has transmuted into a uh, into the process of transmigration which is evolving individuals yes um so i really i really get that and that's an insight which i've not heard from anyone else and so it's really nice to hear mm. to hear that that shared uh, sort of view of it i'm sure many people have come to it but um i guess the the underlying the underlying thing that comes up for me and and uh, this is a probably a, a big area again, but what I notice in the way you speak and in the book is that although you're talking about evolution, there's an element in which you it, it kind of is, it's a downward thing, that it's coming in from above from a spiritual dimension, and the the possibility which is really I found very attractive to explore over the last period of my life is to move, has moved me away from that, which is where I was for most of my life because that's where spirituality is. But towards the idea of, well, you're left with then, where did all of that come from or what is that? What's its nature that's downloading or coming in or being filtered? And why wouldn't we actually see the whole thing as evolutionary, as emergent, that those greater things that we are part of that we're coming into are themselves flowering from this evolutionary process rather than yeah. us coming down from it yeah. and i wondered yeah. what your response was to that as a possibility
1: well, I've been listening to some of your talks uh, in preparing, preparing for, for discussion. <laughs> oh,
0: I, I'm very moved. Thank yeah. you.
1: And I, and I hear that, that, that very strong emphasis on the emergent quality and, the, and that evolution emerges and soul. And it's, it's all coming kind of from bottom up from within. And I like that. I mean, I, I really am comfortable with that, with certain provisions. And here's, the, the, here's what I have to deal with experientially that, that qualifies that. And we can let go of the up down kind of stuff because I kind of what I what qualifies it for me is as I have gone through states of consciousness where I've dropped aside my physical consciousness entered into some level of uh, immersion, dissolving into fields of surrounding consciousness and then moving deeper into what I would consider archetypal reality and then moving deeper into uh, consciousness, levels of consciousness, which pre exist in a sense, even before archetypal reality, I am constantly overwhelmed by the intelligence of what I am uh, dissolved into. And the image, which comes <clears throat> is an image that these greater fields. And so let's shift to an image circle. These greater fields, the context within which the Big Bang takes place and emergent reality surfaces. But there is a sense in which we are actualizing here latent potentials which pre-exist in these other dimensional realities. And I don't begin to understand the relationship between uh, the details of how evolution works, but, but my experience is that we are... Incarnating, concretizing, instantiating dimensions of awareness or, or capacities that pre exist before they in, are instantiated, so that we are actualizing in this dimension a potential which exists in another dimension. And that, that process. When
0: you say a potential, you're talking about, uh, uh, you know, are you seeing potentials as things that exist? Like there's a potential for that, and there's another potential for that, and then. Because there's, there's kind of two ways, isn't there? there could be bit, it's like, I, I, I've got a piece of bluetack tack here. I don't know where I've got it from, but it's on my tail. And it has the potential to be like that. He has the potential to be like that. It has the, it's full of potential yeah. to be lots of things. It can't be anything, but it can be lots of things. But it doesn't, there's not lots of potentials out there for the blue tack Are yeah. you saying that there are actual potentials that we're moving into or that there's a general potentiality for
1: more? I think it's more than a general potentiality, but I don't think it it is as, uh, I don't know whether it has set scripts. I think that the, what we're discovering on evolution is that there simply has not been enough time for the universe to evolve randomly into the forms that we have now experienced in 13.8 billion years. So there seems to be a latent open-ended, but focused intentionality emerging in the evolutionary process. So the question is, are those forms open-ended Are those forms intentional? Are they teleologically? Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, so what is the, the depths and the intricacy? I don't know, but in that context, I experience the totality of my human existence as in some way, an intentional manifestation, Through the dynamic flow of evolution, as an intentional manifestation of, and I again I hesitate to use like you the theological terms of the divine emergent of the divine adventure. I I call it the creative intelligence of the universe.
0: So let me just unpack that for a moment because that was very that was very uh, beautiful. But I want to make sure I get you what you're saying. So are you saying that you experience your life as god's intention in a sense is that what you mean
1: ah uh, i experience my essence to be the essence of the divine okay but the actualiz- actualization of that e- essence and unfolding the full potential of that essence uh is a is a project that takes eons to refine and 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 to master and to uh, learn for, in the learning process.
0: So, so Chris, another quick question, just I'm with you. So, when you say essence, there is Chris's essence different to Tim's essence, and the potentialities different, or is it is it a particular essence, or a, a, are we all sharing a general essence here?
1: My take, if I had, were pressed to answer that, I'd say we're sharing the same essence.
0: Okay. However,
1: uh, through the long history that's been shaping Chris and yeah. the long history that's been shaping. Tim, there is a true grain in, in the jade, as the Buddhists say, you know, there's a yeah. true individuality, there yeah. is a true host of capacities. Yeah. Uh, but if you break them all down, if you go, well, what is that underneath, 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 yeah. then you break into this universal reality, which we all share.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. that's my experience, too. Yeah, Yeah. that, 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 res- that resonates no. Definitely for me, so I want to come back to what you said because it was intriguing about intentionality yeah. so is the potential, is the intentionality which creates i presume you, you talk, when you 're talking about you 're talking about it creating the narr- the life narrative mm-hmm. in some way the, the the story of Chris or the story that tim 's been through and what to make do you mean that 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 's flowing from a from a divine intentionality rather than it being a kind of like Random. the opposite view would be. I mean, there's a haphazard you know, who, you know, thing which is happening and who knows what's going to go on. Is, it, is, that, is that what you're sharing?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it is. But that doesn't mean that what we mean by intentionality within earthbound parameters is necessarily the same as what I'm pointing to in terms of a cosmic intentionality. In, in, the sense, in the sense that if I have an intention to do something, I'm very narrowly focused and I orchestrate everything to bring that about. Maybe that's true of cosmic intentionality. Maybe it's more open-ended. Yeah. It, maybe it's a dance. But there does seem to be an, an intention to create, an intention to manifest, an intention to unfold.
0: So. So one of the things which I've played with is the idea that it, the, 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 that, that big mind, the mind of the universe, as you call it yeah. in your book. Um, it, well, well, the first thing is I'm aware of, as I look back on my life, that there's multiple ways of interpreting all the experiences I've had and that the ones I chose at the time aren't necessarily the ones I would choose now. <laughs>
1: that's the essence of reincarnation isn't it we learn (laughs) yeah yeah and that and
0: that i see myself as a as a young person in a different way than i saw myself at the time yeah um and so i'm careful with my the interpretations of my experiences because i know that they can change and um so that the my the, the i mean you know i'm just jumping in and just going you know i i the big mind of the universe yeah (laughs) that's just real and if there's folks who who think it isn't and they're not listening to this and they think it's real they don't then i completely understand they might not but between you and me chris i'm you know it's like yeah let's just accept that that's there and it's huge and vast and full of love and and extraordinary um so then for me the, the 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 shift began to happen when i started to wonder about Oh, really, I mean, maybe, but what I started wondering about was whether it was possible to view this thing we're in with a very simple lens, which went, every moment is realizing a new possibility. That's everything I've ever experienced. And it's always been built on what happened before. I've never experienced anything else. So there's an emergent process whereby things build up, the past builds up and becomes richer and richer and richer. There's more and more information always, and it's always fresh and always new. And that whether we could look back and go, well, this is, this process is, that's what this process is. It is something universal, that being, something which just is, something, So find, find the simplest quality, and, and maybe the simplest quality I can think of is that it exists, and that that it exists is taking on every quality. Yeah. In an ever more complicated way, in which case you then would come to this universe, which may or may not be the first one, we can discuss that, but, yeah. you know, which which is, which is, probably isn't, uh, but uh, it, which is kind of, you can see an, un, an under a theme, which is the building up of the intelligence of the universe. Because every time, it, if, 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 if every moment is building on the past and the past therefore is implicitly present because without it there wouldn't be this moment then the information in the universe the intelligence or wisdom of the universe is constantly increasing like yours and mine is yes and and that therefore when and that therefore it kind of it was the going well maybe this big mind isn't at the beginning it's at the end yeah it's a bit like you know they, they, Tim didn't start with this having conversations it started with an egg and a sperm, getting it together and kind of doing all of this. And, yeah. you know, or in terms of my body anyway. So that kind of, and, and whether the, therefore what we're, what we contact in these extraordinary states, which you've dived so deeply into is like, it's the whole thing. It, but it's the whole thing having flowered into God, yeah. rather than us having it, 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 yeah. it already being there in some inexplicable yeah. way.
1: I understand that sort of shift to a teleological reframing of the, of the great mind, and uh, I'm sympathetic to that, but I have some complications around that. But to do this, I have to sort of put a couple more cards on the table. Yeah. As you know, in the book, uh, I had uh, time became very permeable in my work. And I went, there's people often talk about time space and then eternity or no time. But my experience was in between time space and no time there are multiple dimensions of time multiple modalities of time and so i i i moved into profound uh, spans of time but experienced them differently almost in terms of simultane, simultaneity of all the moments and so many times i was taken deep into our evolutionary future but i experienced it not just as the future i experienced it As an actualized present. So it had the already has happened and the yet and in the process of emerging quality and the already having happened. So I was kind of looking at the past from a future time. And so this the multiple of these experiences convinced me that they're just multiple modalities of time in the universe. So if we if we want to understand some of the deeper processes of the creative mind, then we have to not, we have to step outside the perspective that we are currently in, in linear time. In linear time, I think there is a fruition which we are continually expressing and moving toward, which is truly kind of, there's a sense in which clearly we're building something we're manifesting something that's something maybe exists in the future. But the irony for me is that that something which exists in the future to some degree already exists in the seed conditions of the present. It already exists. So another experience that, that takes me there is, uh, midway through my sessions um this intelligence that was guiding all my sessions and i never controlled any of them i was always just surrender and it took me where it wanted to go it took me into uh the primal void it took me into satchitananda just the absolute the void that is prior to all creative uh, process and uh And in that context, there was a a sharp juxtaposition between everything that we had achieved in evolution, everything that had been developed, but all the pain, all this terrible pain of the evolutionary process, juxtaposed to the absolute bliss, freedom, ecstasy of this something that the primal void that exists before creation, which then leads to the question, why? Why would such a reality choose to manifest reality knowing that it was going to involve so much pain and suffering in the process? And the intelligence that I was with said to me, have we not learned anything? And it just shattered me. Uh, And because I just had the experience that there is a, a magnitude of learning which is taking place But I think it's more than just learning. It's not, we often heard the idea that the divine is learning by creation and and it's learning itself by exploring its own potentials. But I don't think it's just that. I think it's also that this big mind is, is delights in sharing its being. So it's not just that it's learning something, but it is creating conditions where it allows more of its being to be experienced by more cells of its body so
0: okay so there's two there's two there's two really important things you've touched on there which both of which i was really looking forward to talking to you about um so i've got to choose one or the other now um one is time yeah let's start with that because you did and then the other which i definitely want to come back to is this idea of suffering yeah and whether the divine mind could have done a much better job yeah and you know, there's a part of me, I, I feel like an old Gnostic. I want to, you know, it, it feels like whoever that is that set this up and thought yeah. that was a good idea. And I you know, if they did that consciously, yeah. fuck them, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, there's, there's a part of me that just feels like, no, not one. We wouldn't do
1: this to our children. Exactly. Wow. It, do that to
0: us yeah yeah and 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 it kind of i so i'm i'm i want to explore that and 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 the, the role of suffering and because it obviously exists okay,
1: So we'll come back to that, we'll come to that
0: but time first of all let's just play with a bit of time so i have a real real problem i don't have any problem with experiencing the experience of timelessness in the withdrawal when you take attention into uh, the emptiness there is no time in and but you come back and you can go, oh, that was, I've been gone for two hours. But the at the time, there is no time. And uh, I completely get that. And I also get that, certainly in psychedelic states, you can enter places where you're exploring, let me say f- for my own thing, as ifs. Like as if this, as if this, as if this, as if this. Now, I, I know a lot of people say, look, you know, th- I come up you know whether it's, whether it's the block universe of Albert Einstein or the kind of spiritual, I've seen the future, it breaks my heart. That's the honest reaction. Intellectually, I don't, I don't like it, mm. but it breaks my heart because what it means is that, my, that everything that's happening has no meaning because it already happened. Mm. So there's no creativity in the universe actually. The, the, whether, we, whether you turn around and go, you're right, Tim. Or I go, You're right, Chris, or we we carry on the same as we were, or whatever we do, it's yeah. just already happened. Yeah. The, the whole juice, the whole meaning of our humanity just dissolves into determinism, whether yeah. it's spiritual determinism or it's or it's reductionist determinism. And yeah. and of all the ideas I find ugly, that is the one of the ugliest. And I yeah. struggle with it then in a spiritual context. When I do you understand what I'm trying to say?
1: Yeah, I do. And I completely agree with you. And uh, I I want to pull a, a Tim Freak on you and encourage you to go both and thinking. You right. okay. Beautiful, both individual universe. How can okay. both and? I think something like that is involved in time, too. I think there is creativity. I would never want to lose the, the creativity. I would never want to lose the zest and the juice of human experience. Uh, I'm not a determinist. None of my experiences go in the direction of leading me to conclude that this is all a preset game. Even my experience of the distant future does not lead me to believe that therefore uh, creativity isn't genuine, true, true, genuine. So, So did you see, just to catch, just to make sure I've
0: got you. So when you talk about the future, what makes you say I saw the future rather than I was a given a vision of how it could be. Yeah. And that's in, and I bring that back to take us there because that feels like a completely different thing. That feels like a
1: a different thing. Like
0: a a visionary. It's not, that's about, that's a, a big version of a common experience.
1: Yeah. Well, and that, and that completely, I understand that experience. And I think that's a legitimate experience, but I would like to, offer something with a little more ontological weight behind it. Okay. And, uh, the, I can't give a justification for it other than uh, an experiential justification. The experience is that um, in in some essential way, and I don't know whether that means in all the details are individually formal, but in some essential way, there is a knowing inside the mother universe, which Um, I don't want to say knows the future but is the future in some deep way some kind of excess is the future and when I enter deeply and dissolve into the body of the divine it has taken me into that being of the future not simply the potential though that's another truth but into the being of the future so that when i'm in there i experience it as a as a true future
0: but if that is the case how do you avoid the you know how do you avoid going well in that case how do you avoid determinism if you if you if you really take that as the as the
1: Yeah. Ontologically true. Just like the individual and the universe, how do you avoid one collapsing into the other?
0: I don't see, I I don't see with the paralogical thinking. I'm not encouraging contradiction. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm looking for a higher synthesis. Yes. So I'm an individual because I'm part of the universe. I come from the universe. I'm then conscious of the universe. Yes. That, but with the time thing, I can't do that because if either either this moment either the relationship with this moment is that the past has happened and is fixed and the moment is creative because it's moving forward and i don't know what you're going to say next and that's what's so beautiful about it yeah. or i don't know but if i was in the right space i could see that it i i would know because it because for god it's already happened and that's and so so that's why i'm more attracted to the idea that the universe You know that this may not be the first universe. The universe may be doing what universes do, like Tim's body did what bodies do. And although Tim had never happened before, many bodies had happened before, and the body had a basic idea where it was going, and therefore it was teleological. And that the universe may have a basic idea where it's going, but how this one will turn out and where it will, you know, how it will flower into the divine is who knows, because it's necessarily creative. That works for me because it's open-ended. Yeah. But it's that. It's that boxed in block universe, it's already, and even if it's in the mind of God, then it, then it feels suddenly like, well, the whole thing's pointless then, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I understand, I do understand, and I feel that tension, but I don't feel it within me personally. Interesting, why not? I think it's because some of the concepts that you're drawing on to frame the dilemma are concepts which my experience have dissolved so when okay. we talk about god knowing the future that they're or being
0: the future being the future let's yeah. use your phrase if god is the future i it's just the same it's the same it's the same mm-hmm. i have the same response to it and and i and i'm aware that other people don't i mean i'm, I'm aware that there's lots of the physicists I talk to think the block universe sounds great, <laughs> mm. even though the fact that they even believe in it is predetermined. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I don't get that. I don't get why, why we're so ready to sacrifice the, the creativity inherent in, in our experience of emergence, yeah. which we call time.
1: What I can share is that my experiences in deep time feel to me and they actualize within me as completely compatible with my experience of the core creativity that lies in our center. We are, we are genuinely creative. We are genuinely experimenting. And if we are genuinely experimenting, then the outcome is uncertain. The outcome is open-ended in so, all. So wouldn't
0: that, wouldn't that mean, Chris, and I'm just being devil's advocate here, just, you know, just pushing yeah. it really. Wouldn't that mean that that therefore, I, what I want to, what I've got to want to say back without any justification is, well, doesn't that mean that you've misinterpreted your experiences then? Because yeah. if that's yeah. true, then, you've, then the other experience, which is clearly
1: profound,
0: yeah. must be mis- you must have misinterpreted it in some way when you've gone the being of the universe. The yeah. God is already the future.
1: Yeah. And what well, I'm asking is, that, that t- consider the possibility that there are frames of reference that as the frames of reference change, the logical implications change. And there is something about the frame of reference of dissolving into large scope. It's kind of like, we're in the planet, uh, we know everything about the planet, we're exploring the planet, and then suddenly for one afternoon, uh, we are the galaxy. Yeah. And and the the expansion is so dramatic, there is a certain sense in which from the perspective of the galaxy, there is a certain inevitability of the spinning of the planet of the ah,
0: Okay. But, so that, but, so, so that's qualified again. It's not that it is fixed it's, and the inevitability or the, the, the tendency is something we experience in everyday life. Isn't it? You know, there's a,
1: well, yes, except I don't want to, I don't want to dissolve it and simply say it's, um, I still, I want to hold on to some type of ontological depth to there being dimensions of reality. Yeah, I, so I don't make it, I don't go out to God. Uh, okay. But there are dimensions of reality, which are aware at breaths of time, just as it is aware of breaths of space. And so that the universe is self aware in dimensions of space in a non-local way, and there's a way in which it is self-aware in dimensions of time, but just as non-locality does not dissolve local influence, local causality, there's something about the breadth of let's call it non-local time which doesn't dissolve the creative the experience of creativity within local time. I and I don't know how to reconcile these two. I hold them as kind of simultaneous experiences which i try to hold in terms of trying to to bring them together into my awareness and into my being but i cannot dissolve one in favor of the other
0: do do you think there's any possibility and this would be interesting as a more general thing about your lsd experiences experiences generally but do you think that even these deep experiences can be shaped by our, in other words, you know, we have now in our culture, ever since um, uh, Minkowski space time, we have this idea of treating time as if it's spatial, which it clearly isn't, but nevertheless, it's clearly related to space and relativity physics has been a massive success. Um, But what it gives us is a spatial metaphor that then gets taken literally. And we end up with a, this whole block universe idea and i wonder to what degree that feeds into how we experience these other things too because if these things you always i mean you know god knows there's a life is so mysterious so the yeah. idea that you've got two things you can't reconcile is like of course you know, yeah, you yeah. know like other <laughs> it's like you know i understand um yeah. but the the tension between them does it feels really really strong and and and, and and it does it undermines something so essential to our our humanity. And I just wonder, do you think, just as a general thing, do you think when you have that experience of going, it's like, you know, like non-locality in space, it's like non-locality in time, to what degree those things feed in from the cultural influences that have led us to think in those ways and even then occur in psychedelic states?
1: Yeah. I think you're trying to find slippage in the system that allows you to hold on to creativity and the authenticity of genuine creativity inside time and space but i'm not yes. going to off the hook quite that, that
0: i'm definitely doing that yeah, I, yeah. You know, it, it seems absolutely um yeah. uh, you know I, I would say that my own um, look i'm going out of focus how's that <laughs> i don't know why my camera is doing that but it's kind of interesting that it is um, i would say that my uh, the last period, you know, have, I, I, my first period was all about wake uh, enlightenment and waking up and God knows yeah. what, exploring everything. And then the, 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 rest of it has been much more focused on humanity and this feeling that, that the, what, that my experiences lead me to is that this matters. Yes. This is not an illusion. It's not a mistake. We haven't fallen from somewhere. Yeah. This is integral to the whole, the whole massive project includes yes. Chris and Tim in a way that Chris and Tim has Chris and Tim, yeah. Are, are actually significant, and that applies for everyone and that, that it seems absolutely essential for that for that for there to be meaning in that way. yeah, that what I'm about to say next has not already happened
1: Yes, now I affirm everything you've just said about Chris and Tim and the creativity of. And the the importance of the physical universe and we aren't simply getting out of the physical universe. We are growing deeper and deeper into the fruition of the physical universe. And all I can say at this point is that I don't find anything in my experience of, of deep time which contradicts that, even though it seems like it should. I know that it seems like it should. It should lead to determinism, but it doesn't in my experience. It, it leads to a, an appreciation of different orders of scale of creativity. And, and it's like there is a creativity at one level of scale, and there is a creativity that's taking place at another level of scale, and a creativity that's taking place at another level of scale. And so there is a time breath to some of those deeper levels of scale, but they're all saturated with this movement of creativity that doesn't contradict the fact that I don't know what I'm going to say in 30 seconds, that this is live. This
0: is (laughs) there. It's live. That's the great phrase for it. So I don't have any problems with the different levels of creativity. It's when the creativity stops and it's fixed. So let's accept that either through choice or through destiny, um, our experiences have been different around time. Yeah. And 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 unless you've got anything else you want to, you do want to throw something at me, actually. Want uh, well, I want first? to
1: go back to your question of, are my experiences being conditioned? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My cultural conditioning. Now, yeah. I'm a professor of religious studies. I, you know, so I have a lot of knowledge of world religions, like you. And I taught comparative mysticism. And I, of course, I've been educating myself as a layman to science. And so I have all these ideas running around. So. The question is, do these, all these concepts that I bring to my experience, do they orchestrate my experience in some fundamental way? So I have to peel away these subtle cultural levels uh, out of my experience and I understand that and that functions to some degree, but I'd I'd put it a bit differently. Uh, I understand all psychedelic experience, like all spiritual experiences, basically participatory I experienced this big mind, the creative mind, as a field of infinite potential, and my mind, when I amplify my consciousness with the psychedelic, it is as if I drop my mind into the infinite potential, it acts as a seed that crystallizes a certain set of experiences out of the infinite potential. So in that sense, there is a way in which what I in when I enter, precipitates a certain set of experiences out of the Infinite Potential. But the next step is, if I go back, these experiences that are precipitated change me, as I absorb them, as they purify me, as they let, me, let allow me to let go of beliefs and beliefs and beliefs, then the seed crystal that I drop into the Infinite Potential in future sessions is different and it crystallizes a deeper set of experiences out of the infinite potential. So then the question becomes, can you clear, clarify the seed crystal and dissolve the cultural beliefs in a sense of presuppositions of the seed crystal so deeply that you truly enter into a communion or however we want to describe this embrace or this dissolving into the reality of this infinite mind in a way which truly transcends and escapes the limitations of your own historical conditioning. My experience is that, yes, that is possible. Uh, And partly this comes from the fact that so many of the experiences which I report in the sessions were totally unexpected, completely overwhelmed by by the novelty of it, things that I had never dreamed possible, I had never dreamed deep time possible, I had never dreamed any number of the experiences could be, would be as they are. And I never dreamed what even touching these conditions temporarily for a few hours on a good day, how they would impact me, how they would affect me, what, what that meant. Uh, So on the one hand, I want to say, yes, yes. Our cultural conditioning does influence. On the other hand, uh, I think that that, cultural conditioning can be dissolved, can be weakened. And so that I I personally trust the, the adventure of engagement and I will struggle to understand it, to comprehend it. Now, at, when I'm trying to comprehend it, I will bring all my knowledge and forward to comprehend it as best I can. But I think what I am trying to comprehend is not something which is, inherently contaminated with my assumptions, because I've just died too many times at too many levels. <laughs> and, and when you die, you just leave it all behind, you know, you just, but if you die multiple times, you leave deeper and deeper levels behind.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think that goes on in the ordinary life process, let alone it does, the it? psychedelic one, that yeah. kind of constantly reevaluating and leaving behind. No. So okay, thank you. I get that, and and I, I certainly have um, touched that as well. That that sense in which it's a kind of both hand answer. I think you're giving, and I get you know that we. I love the idea that it's participatory. There was a little section mm-hmm. that I was reading just this morning where you were talking about that. Mm-hmm. This I, I I think that's exactly right with everything yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to jump to suffering now. Are you okay. all right with that? Because yeah. I don't want to lose that thread. Because you brought yeah, yeah. up a whole that's picture of things. That's really important. Um, so, yeah, so there's a big theme in the book is suffering. So there's two things, really. Uh, I don't know which to go for. Um, one is, one of the things I find, I experience the mind of the universe, uh, the greatest quality that I associate it with is, is, is love. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, that's the, the way it's always been since I was small. And yeah. um, in a way that, you know, huge. And then, so one of the things which attracts me about this idea that I was exploring with you a bit earlier about about having the big mind as something which the universe is flowering into or or emerging into rather than the thing which set it all off and did it. Yeah. apart from the ontological thing of you've just taken God and put him at the beginning and where's that how's that solved anything but yeah, yeah. but the other problem with it is is that the or rather the attraction I think which comes up for me about the the evolutionary picture is it's so redemptive because it means that the 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 the, the, the suffering that has been entailed and not just the suffering the kind of craziness the you know all the the dinosaurs, all the, the 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 all the extinctions the kind of craziness of, it, of evolution and, and, and how it's been is not some the work of some mad god, some big mind that doesn't know what the fuck it's doing or is willing to just have a lot of collateral because that doesn't matter much. Yeah. Um, but rather is something which is actually arising from it a bit like Tim is arising from this and mm. and is wanting to reach out and to redeem it and to reach into it and and therefore that impulse in me which goes no is it it's in me going no let's and it, because it's the most emergent thing yeah. and the most emergent thing is this all embracing the universe conscious of itself and holding everything within what is felt as love
1: yeah
0: um so i struggle with this idea of the of the universe as the big mind going oh well you know suffering but hey look what we're
1: I too. Let's get banished that bastard. Okay. (laughs) That's not what's happening. It's not a universe by design in that heavy handed way. Okay. Whoever designed this painful universe doesn't deserve our affection. Hmm. But is there a way in which, well, the issue of suffering is so intense. Uh, It's so important. And, and the theologies which have been shipwrecked on the problem of suffering, they deserve to be shipwrecked because suffering is a deep, deep. And I'm, I'm always remember Ramakrishna saying, if you want to know God, you must be willing to look suffering in the face. Yeah. that's uh, it. So you have to take on the whole of the suffering. And if there is love in creation, you have to look very, very deep into creation to understand how love can manifest such extraordinary pain. So what the hell is going on? So the deeper question becomes, you can't answer the issue question of suffering without an understanding of what's taking place, what the larger process is. Now that brings us to a question how much of creation Do you think we have actualized up to this point in time? Because if we're trying to judge a play and suffering is the theme of the play, it makes a big difference if we're in the first act of a ten-act play or if we're in the ninth act of a ten-act play. Because if we're looking at the quantity of suffering in creation and we are assuming that, well, if we judge the creation process harshly, not the creator, but the creative process harshly, if we judge it harshly, that means we we have a frame of reference within which we can judge it. And that means we have a frame of reference of thinking we know what it is about. But what if existence is about much more than we think it's about? What if it's about a, a developmental process which stretches infinitely beyond our present moment of actualization. And if suffering becomes recontextualized as a variable, the more we begin to move into, the more we begin to actualize the deeper capacities of that are innate within our being. In one of the sessions that I know you've read, I was taken back to the very beginning of, it, it felt like the beginning of the Big Bang, and I experienced creation kind of as a core process. And in that, I was just overwhelmed by love, just love, love, just divine love pouring into me, exploding me more than I could ever hold and imagine. And in that context, I experienced that creation, that love was at the drive of creation, that, that love was the core impetus. It wasn't just an expression of intelligence. It wasn't just an, 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 an expression of trying to know more and to actualize more, but there was a fundamental love in that process. And I experienced that I, in some way, Chris Beche, or the lineage that Chris Bache is part of, I in some way participated in the choice of creation. And I voluntarily took on a role in that process and a role, which at that time, whatever time means at that context.
0: You're at the big bang, taking on a role. Can you take me through that again? How, in what, in what way are you in the, I mean, obviously you're, you're in the visionary psychedelic state experiencing this in the psyche actually that you're the 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 when you say the lineage of chris well, i can get that obviously you are the universe you've come, you are the big bang there's the big bang meeting itself having a conversation about itself right now but mm-hmm. the but in what way you made a choice what, what what form did you have that you could make a choice or be conscious or exist what, what yeah, what's
1: good question what does that mean? and i don't know the full answer to that question all i know is that I had dissolved <clears throat> into a condition, which took me back into a primordial state that appeared to be prior to Big Bang, experienced not only the intelligence that it was a, a manifesting its creation, but the love manifesting its creation. And then I experienced with great surprise that somehow I, whatever that means, consciously participated in the decision to create at that primordial level. And that, that required taking on a responsibility for maybe ask the divine for the suffering that would be manifest in creation, but that was an acceptable trade-off for what would eventually be realized within creation. And the most important thing, I think, to understand about when we come to think about suffering is creation is not done. We are not done. The creative process is not done. I we get don't, that. Don't
0: That's don't the don't redemptive don't. quality, isn't it? The, 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 redemptive. It, you know, it, it? Suffering is suffering that leads to something better. The reincarnation thing is part of that as well, I think. It, it, yes. it, it's, it's redemptive because yes. it goes, the story's not over. And when the story's not over, there's a, there's another chapter which makes the last chapter redeemable so i completely with you yes with that yeah i struggle i think because if i think back to uh i mean your experiences are very psychedelic experiences or so i think back to my psychedelic experiences then i think if i and I, you know if, if i was myself having that or as with one of my co-travelers who reported that i think i'd be inclined not to take it literally mm-hmm. Um, I'd also be inclined to think, well, you know, that you were talking about before about cultural influences. Well, the mere thing of the Big Bang is obviously a very recent cultural influence. And, mm-hmm. and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, in some way, the, what the psyche is doing is playing with, the, and when you go to the deep places in the psyche, it plays with these ontological visions. Um, but it, it isn't necessarily, well, actually, okay. So this thing. brings, this, this, this actually, I've kind of shifting. You'll have to forgive me, but you say such interesting things oh, yeah, yeah. Um, because this is another question, but maybe we've got to ask it now because it does make any, yeah. we can't deal with the other one otherwise, which is the whole issue of revelation, um, it, which uh, is, I think is a fascinating one, uh, you know, is knowledge by revelation yeah. um, that, that you could have had that experience and then come back and go, this is it I, I actually this is this is this is what happened there was my essence in there and maybe yours and we made a decision as a as a revelatory state yeah. and as someone who works a lot from intuition in everything I do I understand the power of revelation but I'm also very careful with it because yeah. I think yeah. it needs an awful lot of questioning and I wonder how given the, an awful lot of what you're saying comes from individual revelation how you how you work with that
1: yeah Two things come to mind. One of them is that I don't think what I experienced is in any way unique to psychedelics, but echoes the cosmology that emerges in spiritually distilled psychedelic experience is deeply congruent with the cosmology that emerges in our deepest and best mystical traditions. So we'd simply have another vehicle but you would
0: expect that though, wouldn't you, Chris? If it was a psychological phenomenon, that, I mean, I'm not putting it down as that. I think it's a hugely important one, but it wouldn't be a surprise. I mean, given most of the experiences I've ever had, yeah. like, initially they just happened. And yeah. then I didn't know what they were and it was yeah. amazing. And then I learned spirituality and I read huge yeah. amounts of books. And then everything I experienced was seen through that lens. And then I freed myself from that. And yeah. now I don't see it through that lens. So wouldn't it be almost like you would expect, I mean, I'm not surprised that so many of my psychedelic experiences would feed into the books I'd read and the ideas that
1: were congruent. No? Well, I I understand that, but I'd suggest, look, what I was intending is something kind of different. Okay. So let me start with the distillation of psychedelic experience. People do use psychedelics in many, many different ways, different projects and different purposes, and, and that's all fine. In the particular way that I've used them, which, which I is echoed in many other people's experience, I create a container yep. to absolutely hold that experience and to distill that experience and let it burn me down and, and, and tear me apart and just crush me as much as it wants to crush me and dissolve me wherever it wants to dissolve me into. And I, I just, I hold it and I distill it in its as intense and pure form as I can. And then when I come out of it, I I capture it as completely as I can within 24 hours. And I think about it and contemplate it and and hold it. And I think the the capturing it and the contemplating it is part of the process of entering into clarity in the next experience.
0: But, But what strikes me about what you've said then is how foreign it would be to me, for instance. So if I think about, I mean, I, every psychedelic experience I've ever had, they've never been, I've never had the, I wasn't smart enough to go, let's write this all down and do it. You know, I was too young for that, I guess. But, um, but, I, but every single one has been a sacrament. There's no doubt about that. And, yeah. and, uh, and the experiences have been hugely important to me. But the language which you used then and the language which you use in the book is very foreign to me This has been crushed and broken down and it's like it's already quite violent language mm-hmm. whereas my experience of awakening it's like I, one of the things that you know the, the, it's a theme isn't it it's the death of the ego or the death of this and and it's like wow my experience of life and has not been like that at all yeah. i haven't felt like i've been died and broken and i have been of course along the way i've been yeah. i me mean, bang and all sorts of things but I wouldn't say my great breakthroughs and the journey has come from yeah. being crushed and broken and yeah. I need to arrange a place where I can be really broken. It's felt much more tender mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and like growing something. Yeah. And, and so I wonder whether even the way that you set it up in your mind in terms of v- how you viewed those sessions had in it already a kind of a, quite no, a metaphor. So
1: I, first, I've always been very uh, envious of people like yourself who kind of tumbled into their first mystical experience when they were 11 years old or 12 years old. I was like, oh boy, that's great. I just assume Tim's soul lineage has its own history that brings Tim into this life with a certain porosity of being. Chris's soul lineage brings Chris into this life with a certain maybe density of being which requires a little bit more hammering. It's not that I, uh, it's not that I um, sought or um, choreographed suffering in my sessions. Right. Uh, because the suffering that emerged in my sessions went beyond anything that I had experienced. And anyone who knows Stan Grof's work knows that he understands the perinatal dimension and he understands and he really expects there to be a certain kind of angst in the process. I get that but I was completely unprepared for the dimensions of painful experience that took place at deeper and deeper, deeper levels of consciousness. Now, some of this I think is partly because of the speed with which I tore the levels away. If if you're sloughing the skins off gently, slowly, then they come off in smaller increments. There is a more of a sense of, of flowering. But if you kind of tear them away faster, if you're impatient and you're rushing into the depths of the divine, uh, there is a sense in which there is the levels of your being are being peeled away. What I learned in my experiences was that there is a cycle that in this hyper intensified state, there was a purification process. And I learned that death is ultimately just purification and the suffering is just about purification. There's a purification process. And I learned that the deepest revelatory breakthroughs took place after the deepest purification. What's been purified, Chris? Well, there's the question. Uh, at the end, at the, the appendix of my book, the last appendix in the book, I asked the question, what is it that's dying? In these states, you have yes. ego death, but that's in the beginning. What is it that's dying at deeper and deeper levels? It just becomes a real question because the surrender and the collapse of everything I had known myself to be in my previous sessions, which was way beyond age, that had to dissolve and surrender in order to move into even deeper intimacy. And the four answers that I lay out there is this ego death, There's species ego death, which takes place at the collective level, which I think is what the ocean of suffering was about. Some kind of healing that took place by allowing the pain of human history, which is lodged in the collective psyche, all the terrible things we've done to Mm -hmm. each other. Mm -hmm. By allowing that to enter into my conscious awareness, it came through. At a deeper level, uh, there's a death of what I call the shamanic persona the death of the shamanic self because if the universe has multiple layers even all of your own psychedelic knowledge which you have gathered in this distilled container even that is not big enough to operationalize at a deeper level of consciousness
0: so the metaphor which is which you're using there and i i i'm not suggesting i'm not using the word metaphor to 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 imply It's yeah, unreal yeah. anyway. but um, the, the image that you've created for us um, is, 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 you know, it's a very, it's a, obviously it's got, got a big, line, it's got a strong lineage and the idea of purification is a very, and, but it comes very much with that idea of we've fallen into this shithole and we need to get out. It, that's where the purification image tends to come in the mystical literature. in all of the actual religions really isn't it it's like uh, fundamentally get get out of here get away transcend get away from which
1: which you know i reject
0: yes i do understand that and that's why i'm intrigued really to see how these fits together because so so and i completely get the i completely get you know i remember taking um um peyote and rolling around on the floor of a TP for 16 hours feeling like there was literally heavy duty machinery in my heart just going Chomp. stay there Tim and we're just gonna and coming out afterwards going, like, wow <laughs> and and you know it was very painful um but I willingly underwent it and it was a it was a rebirth it was for sure yeah. um but overall so I get the I get you know the the, the experience a bit you know and I haven't gone done it like you've done it but um, Overall, it kind of feels like, for me, it feels much more like we're building, we're we're growing, uh, the 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 like the ego. You know, it feels like uh, even the ego death doesn't really ring for me anymore. It feels like no, mm. Tim's still Tim, and what's the ego? Of, you know, it's like it's like I'm just, but I'm now aware of something greater than Tim, or a part of Tim which is greater than Tim, or part of my soul, and then which has lived before, and now I'm aware of God that I'm a small part of, and and whatever that you, you know so that rather than being anything to rip away or to there's there's kind of assumptions and things which stop me being able to see which pass away but i don't have that same sense that seems to have been very important in your journey of of like a, you know, a, and and i do get that I, I it's not like i don't get what you're saying i really do get what you're saying yeah. it just doesn't feel a fundamental description of what the process is yeah it was like an optional slightly yeah unbalanced (laughs) even perhaps approach to what the process is
1: ah well again it may just be that i've got it took into that a denser character and And we're certainly all different and
0: you you, i certainly get that and i love it i mean i love that you've done this journey i think it's so mad that you could have possibly done that much lsd and kept all the rest i mean i love that i mean what a life well done i mean just what a great thing to have done
1: the way I think about it is initiation, uh, learning takes place uh, at these levels by becoming the levels. You, you have to cease to exist. Literally, we're just too small to experience the scale.
0: Okay, I can now say, that great, you've given me the chance to say what it is I'm trying to say and see what you think. For me, it feels like the other levels don't cease to exist. It's just my attention has now gone to somewhere else. Yeah. So when I experienced, um, uh, being experienced last year, there was no Tim, there was no time, there was just, I can't even describe it, just a light, that wasn't even a light, but just like, just a beautiful beyond words, and uh, utterly transformative. But I don't think anymore that it was Tim ceased to exist. I just, it feels like, no, my attention was now not on Tim, like it is now. It was on, This more transcendental state and so all the, there was no time there was no form there was no thought there was just yeah and then my attention came back to tim and there he was yeah. nothing had died nothing had been ripped away yeah it's just that i'd learned through tim yeah. to be able to be conscious of something
1: which transcended
0: Tim. yeah and that,
1: that's yeah so if... let me ask the question then how far do you think one can push that process of shifting awareness, letting an awareness detach from the narrow side, shift into a larger perspective? Then the question that is, how far could it go? If you, how many layers are there to shift awareness into, to open up into? Yeah. My experience is that, as we, in order to become operational, fully operational now, and I emphasize that because we can have brief contact with these dimensions without being fully operational at them, but to have sure. stabilized consciousness so that you yep. can come back repeatedly and, and really become aware at these levels. Yep. My experience has been that in order to move into a deeper operational level, there has to be a letting go. And, and, okay.
0: And, I've got you now. Let I've let got it, you. Yes. It's he here. Yes. 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 Okay. So I would probably say the same thing, actually. I'm glad we did that because I've kind of feel like I've got what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so the way that I might say something, I think it's similar. Tell me if it's similar is it feels like, look, uh, firstly, I don't think there's any limit that I found. I mean, yeah. just like it just keeps on going and hallelujah yeah. for that. And, yeah. and, and, and it's so nice that I'm still s- surprised at this old age, but the, the, the there is I definitely get that Tim which I see more like the foundation than the problem needs to transform in other in in order to be able to allow the stability to return to those states more and that that there's an evolution happening in the individual soul which is developing the propensity I think I kind of see that like spiritual maturity is that development but it, I don't feel it rips it to shreds or anything. In fact, it feels more like no. it just it just moves. It, it just becomes more able to sustain yeah. deeper states more readily.
1: And yes. That, so then the question again I ask is, how many deeper, deeper, deeper states are there to enter into? So. One could enter into preliminary or secondary deeper states sure. and one begins to experience the tapestry of life and you know, so on and so forth. But then are there deeper states still and then what would be the nature of the transition or the cost or simply just learning, it's just a matter of learning how to cooperate with a reality that is taking you into those states, but in order to take you into those states, has to kind of monkey with your system in order to allow you to enter into those states with your consciousness intact. Because many people enter into these states, but they come back, they can't can't describe where they've been. But to be able to hold that awareness there and bring it back here, certain adjustments have to be made. So for example, When I entered into archetypal reality, when I began a series of sessions at that level, I went through a process which wasn't really difficult, but it was quite distinctive, in which I had to die as a human being, or I had to let go of everything I had known as a human being. I, I had learned that there is a sense of identity which we have as a human which is deeper than our identity as an individual human being. So Chris Page dies at a certain level, or he ye- softens and goes but, into- But Chris a- is still here, right? Chris is here, but in the state, the state of consciousness that I'm entering into is not uh, spacious consciousness.
0: I get that, yeah. but, but you've come back to Chris and I'm still having the pleasure of meeting Chris. Yes,
1: I come back to Chris, but that leads us eventually into a deeper question of, well then what is Chris? you know, once you, but let's hold that, that question. (laughs) I had to cease to exist, not only as Chris, I had to cease to exist as a human being and within any frame of reference, I had to be willing to allow my consciousness to exist completely above the field of the collective unconscious to enter into some dimensional reality which is beyond human experience.
0: See, I, I get, I get that. Yeah. I completely get that and to just use this, the save going into other experiences, just take the one that I shared just, just then.
1: Yeah.
0: Where well, there was nothing. Yeah. Um, so I had to be willing to let go of everything and, yeah. and was and had a fantastic time because I'm, I'm, I've been used to doing that. Yeah. Um, but here I am having, a, and I am Tim. So it's that it's that sense in which I get that there's a temporary sense where you need to be able to, with the attention, particularly, you yeah. have to be able to be able to be willing to let yourself experience a different level of reality with your conscious attention, um, and that can be a lot of people hang on. I think yeah. when that happens, and and they can't, and they're frightened, or they're, and if you're lucky enough, or you've done it enough, then you can. Yeah. Um, but my attention came back. And so, yes, the ego did die, but it, it's still here, or the body disappeared, and yet it's back. And there yeah. were no thoughts, but now there are. And yeah. so in a way, it feels like they weren't in the way. They were just, there was just a, I needed to be able to shift my, my point of reference. And I completely get that, that you'd need to let Chris go and go beyond your humanity, and I, I, I completely get that.
1: And if I, I mean, I don't do the high-dose LSD work anymore. I mean, that really ended in '99. But when I do do psychedelics today, um, I've cleared out so much at so many layers that when I open, it's it's an easy dilation uh, into levels in these levels. Though so I don't go, I I would I don't go to the depths that I've gone into the deep work because that takes that takes a lot of training, a lot of athletic, you know, you you know, interesting. That's really interesting. You can get to the Olympics, but you know, 20 years after you've won the gold in the Olympics, you can't run that fast anymore.
0: Okay. So, so we, we should, I mean, I just so enjoy, but we should, um, we should look at how we can bring this to a, to a close. So let me come in with a very simple question. Okay. Okay. So how old, how old were you when you first did this and you started this process?
1: 30. 30 30, 30. Okay
0: so that was that was uh, so was that the first you've done it was that the first lsd i can't remember
1: yeah 79 to your first
0: lsd was in was uh, was you know okay so that's quite a bit i was
1: was totally naive about psychedelics and through college and graduate school yeah
0: yeah so what made you i mean i'm thinking when i i took lsd for the first time probably I was 18 i think um and it was amazing i mean just Mm -hmm. like and led to you know it wasn't my awakening which was great so there's two questions that's the two questions i had for you was lsd your first awakening and what the hell man why did you go <laughs> let's write all this down and start this <laughs> massive journey i mean no one else i mean like hey, all my friends have done this but none of them have done what you've
1: done what, yeah. what, what that was incredible what why uh... Yeah, it, those awakenings were my first awakenings. I had been meditating for years, uh, but the, those meditations I was still working at the introductory levels and, and encountering the blocks one encounters. Them. But the, in terms of the true awakenings, uh, those did not really happen until the LSD work. And as I say in the book, I don't even I don't even record for the readers the early spiritual awakenings because they were so. Um, introductory compared to what emerged down the road that they hardly seemed to be significant, but at the time they were very significant to me. But why I did it, why I pushed as hard as I did? Partly because uh, i was- well, And
0: not, not just the, the two things. One, why you pushed as hard as you did. Well, I kind of get that because I'm a bit like that. Mm-hmm. But what the the foresight to record it all, to do it in such an organized way, to do yeah. it like a program. That seems very impressive to me and very interesting, very conscious.
1: Well, I was trained as a philosopher, you know, I was trained as a philosopher um, of religion. And I, pers- I did this first because I wanted to leave a trail of breadcrumbs so that if I needed to, I could find my way back. But then that quickly passed. And I did it because, um, I I read Stan's realms of the human unconscious, which was published in 76 I read it in 78 and Stan had already integrated decades of experience and and hundreds of people's experiences in this book and I saw that it was a huge landscape. So I, I saw that it wasn't simply about having some early experiences, but I wanted to explore the landscape. And I had enough, you know, my background in religious studies, I had a sense of the history of mysticism and the scale of it. I thought, okay, here is a methodology that would allow me to explore these dimensions. Gotta keep good records. And it's not just keeping good records. Part of the, the depth of our attempt to integrate what we experience sets the, the stage for the universe's next communication with us. So that the, the clarity of retention sets the foundation for the next stage of encounter. So
0: it, that's such a
1: deep deep observation,
0: Chris. I yeah. really like that. That's so deep. really
1: consolidating and consolidating and understanding and and crystallizing it, I found in my experiences that the universe always met me exactly where I stopped, right. not necessarily in a tight linear way, but all in an overlapping way. It met me where I stopped and it was always taking me systematically deeper and deeper. If I had not recorded as carefully, if I had not really thought about and digested my experiences, I think it would have kept me, it wouldn't have engaged me as deeply, but it, it, it recognized that I was serious about this. And sometimes it was like, are you sure you want this? Are you sure? Cause now, you know, 15 years into it, I knew that there was a cost for all these things. Are you sure? Because once you go here, you know there's no going back. And it's like, I i was sure, I give it to me. And, and, it, and it would give. And then I would try to hold on to it as much as I could. Now, I think I went farther and deeper than was maybe wise for me. And I really am trying to be honest about that in the book. I wouldn't do it the same way if I had it. Because now I know what I didn't know at the beginning. Now I know that it's an open-ended journey you, you can't get to the end of the road. We talk about getting home and going home, and that's true, there is homecoming, but there are layers and layers of homecoming. Now I would be more patient, I would be gentler with myself, I would invite as much of the divine intelligence into my life as I could possibly hold, and I would be more patient with the gradual nature of my own developmental process. So I, I push deeper than I should have. But holding on to it is an important part to the clarity that can emerge. And I trust the clarity that emerges. I trust that there is a clarity of transmission coming in which transcended my cultural conditioning and transcended the conditioning of my soul. That there are certain things which, as I've come to understand my deep story, certain things that were given to me which no incarnation in my soul lineage had experienced anywhere. So there was a sense in which I was doing this, not just for me, but for my entire soul. But most importantly, I wasn't doing this for me. I was doing this for all my brothers and sisters. I was doing this for humanity, because every experience that I had is not simply my private experience, but now the human species has it. The human unconscious, the collective psyche has it. And I believe it lives in, in our collective awareness.
0: Well, I'm very glad you did, Chris. And I completely get that from your account and even more so from meeting you. That And, and, that, and, and it's genuinely a, you know, a gift and, and that we get to explore ourselves and
1: each other together. Together. A great gift together, Tim. Yeah, yeah.
0: So thank you so much for being willing to have this crazy conversation with me. It's been a real thank delight to, uh, to explore. And, me too. It's lovely to be connected.
1: Yeah, more more in the future. Yes. I, yeah, I hope so. That would be lovely. To, I get to England periodically. Great. Yeah, so I hope we'll be able to sit down over tea or coffee someday. That
0: would be lovely. I live in Glastonbury. If you, you've been there, I haven't. It's nuts. Okay. So I look forward to showing it to you one day.
1: Good. Me too.
0: All right. God bless you. Love. I love yeah. you.